Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy afternoon. And um, happy December 17th. Whatever it is you may be celebrating um, today or this month, I hope that it is uh, very, very lovely and just filled with happiness and joy. Um, so I just want to double check here that everyone is able to hear me. I just plugged in uh, the microphone. So I just want to check and make sure that is good to go. Um, so I decided to start this episode um, on a more personal note. And that's because I want to invite whoever joins this call um, to maybe come on and share your story as well. Um, and a, a big reason why also too, I thought about um, just sharing this is because there's so many different pathways you can go down in order to find yourself in the field of astronomy or really anywhere in STEM, so any science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Um, and as many of us like to add the A, STEAM, uh, which stands for art. And I think that that's becoming more and more prominent because there tends to be this sort of harmonious intertwining always happening between art and science. Um, and some even argue that art is science and that science is an art. Um, and I actually, I, I kind of agree with that. Because uh, if you look at any image of the universe, it looks like an art piece. And um, it's, it's something that's, yeah, quite, quite wonderful. So um, on that note, I um, thought about just what, um, what my path was like to get into astronomy and how that relates to uh, some of these images, as I just mentioned, that can look like art, but in fact is science. It is our universe. Um, so that's how it started with me, actually. It was a book. Uh, I was 12 years old and I grew up in New York City, so I didn't really have a lot of uh, stars to see at night. It was uh, very light polluted, even in Brooklyn, which is where I grew up. And the most stars I would see is when I go to like Prospect Park and it's, you know, just twilight. So about an hour after sunset. And I would see some stars growing up as a kid, but it was never many. Um, and so when I, I got this book, I was in seventh grade and it was a bunch of images taken from the Hubble Space Telescope. And at that time, I had never really been introduced to um, much with astronomy. Uh, there was only one time I could occur, I, or I could remember, when I must have been sixth grade or fifth grade, but they brought an inflatable planetarium to school. I don't know if anyone remembers that. <laughs> I don't know if that's just like a, a New York thing or a United States thing, but wherever you are, if you've ever had a blowed up, blow up planetarium brought to your school, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that was basically like the only introduction I had to astronomy until that moment in seventh grade. I was 12 years old and received a book of images taken by the Hubble Space Telescope. And so, yeah, up again, up until that point, as far as science goes, what I had really learned so far, um, none of it was astronomy based. A lot of it was biology, um, chemistry, basic science, uh, like, like the physical earth science, um, like around us, photosynthesis, uh, that kind of stuff. But never really anything about like the cosmos. Um, I understood the planets and, and everything like that. Um, but when I got this book, I was looking at these images taken by Hubble and I just thought like, okay, this has to be an art book. 
And so tying back to the beginning of today's episode, I mentioned the letter A in STEAM rather than just STEM. Um, Art really does play an important role when it comes to science. And those two terms can be, in my mind, very interchangeable almost. And so I'm looking at this book as a 12-year-old thinking these are all paintings um, that some incredible artist did uh, with a creative imagination because I couldn't quite put together what these images were this galaxies and nebulae and i thought oh well those kind of look like stars but what's all this extra painted stuff the red and the blue of the nebula and at that age because i had never been introduced to astronomy before um these images looked like just something that a person painted and they painted blue and red and then added in stars for some reason it didn't occur to me as this like Brooklynite 12 year old who grew up with a bunch of light pollution that these were things in our universe um, until a classmate of mine said to me, uh, these are not paintings. These are real images of space, things that are so far away. We can't even get to them in our lifetime. And this just totally blew my mind as a child. I was like, wait, what? There's so much more out there than just you know, like my neighborhood here in Brooklyn or, you know, the earth. I knew, knew about the earth, you know, the, its vastness at that time and all, all the countries. But I, I didn't really realize like, oh, there's actually like tons of other stars that are like our sun and tons of other potential planets, exoplanets, which I didn't know about yet at age 12. But I just remember thinking at this age, this moment, it was like a huge epiphany. And it just occurred to me, wow, like, there for sure is life outside of our planet. That's that has to be true. And I, you know, I'm 12 year old thinking, thinking this, thinking about, about, about alien life. And like, this has to be, this is what I'm doing with my life. You know, like, man, I, you know, I love dance. I love ballet. I, I love uh, per- performing at theater and, and singing and playing the violin. But whoa, I was at this age. I just thought this is the ultimate job to have as a human being. Because it means that us human beings might not be the only living creatures in the world uh, with intelligent enough uh, technology to communicate with each other, with possible other planets. Um, Not that I was discluding any of the other amazing life forms here on Earth, but to the level of uh, intelligence in which we have not just our own self-awareness, but also have built technology to be able to potentially communicate with another civilization. And so point is, I, I just thought, wow, okay, this is, this is truly incredible. Like, what can I do to try to get into uh, astronomy? What can I do to become an astronomer? What is an astronomer? And I start asking all these questions at this age. And uh, by the time I get to high school, I get my first telescope. Um, nothing fancy. It was like a Vivitar. Um, I forgot it, how, what, the, what the size and magnification was. I think it was probably just 50 um, 50 di- I think it was like binoculars is a, a 10, uh, 10 times magnification. Um, and I couldn't even get it to work the first few years. I couldn't get it assembled just right. Uh, but I was able to see the moon through it. Um, just it was too fuzzy. I couldn't make out the craters just yet. But by the time I get to high school, I remember thinking like, okay, wow, like I saw all these images in the Hubble like in the, in the, in the book uh, of taken by the Hubble space telescope. And I know that that's not just an art. That's, a, that's science. That's something beyond earth. Um, but I still wanted to pursue 
my passion for dance and um, theater and and vocals. And so I auditioned for all of these different uh, high schools in New York um, that are known as for performing arts high schools. Um, so everything from LaGuardia High School to I think there was a, a I think now there's a Juilliard High School for under underneath college. But basically all these different places around Brooklyn too, Brooklyn Performing Arts School. And the one school I get into, uh, Edward R. Murrow High School, um, I got in from a vocal audition. So I right away had to join their music department. I didn't realize at the time that this was a pretty, like, just prestigious, well-known high school. Um, they have a really high, uh, like, grade, like, a really high GPA in order to get in, in which I didn't have the GPA for. I was, like, pretty low. Um, by the time I got into high school, I was, like, a 2.5 or something. And they required, uh, I think, like, a 3.0 GPA minimum. And um, I ended up getting it because of the music department. And then... I didn't even know, but this happened to be the only high school in Brooklyn and I think all of Manhattan as well that had a planetarium. And so in that moment, I just thought, wow, my road following my passion for performing arts and my road on music and, and, and art and dance led me to the path for astrophysics. And so that is sort of an example as what I mentioned in the beginning about this um, addition of the letter A to STEM. So now you have STEAM, you have art in there. And these two are constantly, um, I think, cross crossing paths just throughout like any type of scientific discovery. Or even if you look at NASA, they have a graphic design department where it's all artists that are working there. And the moral of the story is that per like personally, it ended up leading me down a path, following my, my passion for the arts into the field of astronomy. So that ended up being like really uh, a kind of cool coincidence. But the only thing was the school didn't allow for you to take astronomy until you were a junior. So by the time I reached, you know, my junior was finally able to take astronomy. And this is this planetarium. Oh, man, it was so cool. It was an older old school version. Um, it was fiber optics, rather than a digital planetarium. And what that just means is the centerpiece of the dome, which would be on, on the ground. So you're circled around that centerpiece with all the chairs and that's where everyone sits. That was all fiber optics. It had all these little pin pinpoints and holes that had lights connected to them. And the planetarium also had lights connected to them. So this worked both as a projector and also had the fiber optic system of all the different constellations. And I remember learning from the teacher at the time who was, you know, my, my first ever astronomy teacher and ended up, <laughs> ended up being kind of uh, mean to a lot of the students. I remember that it was very tough. Uh, I remember him even talking to me about uh, like, like that I shouldn't be pursuing astronomy and, you know, it's, it's just something that's a little bit too complicated because my math wasn't good. And immediately, like, you know, first thing, let's look at the math, see how your math is. Oh, it's not good. So you're, you know, you, you probably should pursue something else. And I, I, I didn't care. I didn't let that bother me. I was like, I'm still going to take your lab and I'm still going to sign up to learn about how this entire planetarium works because you're my only resource right now for the field of astronomy and I'm going to make it happen. But I just remember like how I remember thinking, I'm like, man, you know, it's so unfortunate that this is the first ever astronomy class that a lot of kids might be getting right now in high school. 
And, and the teacher was, I mean, he was quite vicious to some of the students, like tell us saying they're stupid, um, just like really mean things uh, to a lot of students. I remember them running out of the classroom crying. And um, I just remember talking to a lot of them and I still talk to them today. And, you know, I remember just saying, like, try to keep them positive and remind them that this is a really great field um, and that you shouldn't leave the class because the teacher is being this way. Um, but the whole point was uh, I, I at least got to get an introduction to um, how a planetarium works, even this old school version, which is fiber optics, um, and also learn about things in, in astronomy. I still have my notebooks today from that high school class uh, because I remember the first assignment he had us make was uh, make 10 reasons why astrology is a pseudoscience and then compare and contrast the two to prove that statement to the, that to me that astrology is a pseudoscience. Um, and it was, it was such a crazy assignment. And um, I kind of laugh about it today because I still get a lot of um, questions and also just sort of mishaps or, or you know, mess ups where um, I'll talk to someone and say like, like, uh, oh, like, you know, I, I pursue astronomy and they're like, oh, you're an astrologer. Can you tell me about, you know, my sign? I'm a Leo, whatever it is. Um, and it happens a lot. And I'd be like, I don't, I don't get angry about it. As a lot of people are very opinionated and I just think it's kind of silly because there was a point in time where those two were very closely related and there's still, you know, like it's, it makes sense why people would mix that up. Like it happens. Um, and it's just a matter of talking about it more and then, you know, maybe less people will mix it up. Um, so the point is, I, I just remember thinking that because maybe I'll do a future episode on, um, astrology versus astronomy uh the differences and the you know some similarities uh, how it, how it was derived um so anyway so that was one of the first assignments that that he gave us in class which was to um you know try and compare and contrast the two but that that's that's i'm going to leave off on that note uh, and play a little bit of music but i would love to hear your guys stories of how you got interested in astronomy um whether you're pursuing it right now or maybe you're going to pursue it in the future and you're currently studying. So I'd love to hear your story um, in just a bit. So wait till I play the music and I'm going to finish up what I have left to say. So I'm going to jump right away into college. i um, going to mention one quick thing, actually, is that um, our astronomy lab um, had these really, they were using these super, super old computers, big box computers that were kind of that like eggshell color. <laughs> it was like a beige color. And um, uh, that was the first time I learned how to track asteroids. So if you ever wondered how astronomers track asteroids, now it's a little bit more high tech, but they would take numerous images of the sky and flip back and forth constantly between the two images, looking for a moving object. And then they would close in and close up, uh, get a little bit closer on that object, analyze it a little bit further, um, and then take multiple and more, like a lot more images in the same area and um, a bunch of a bunch in one direction to left and one direction to the right. So this way you're able to see just how much of its motion 
um, is in respect to Earth faster or slower or how that compares to comets. And this is how uh, a lot of the discoveries are made, which is pretty cool. Um, so once I, I ended up getting into college, uh, I went to the College of Staten Island and it was kind of uh, an interesting <laughs> accident how it happened. It was similar to my high school experience. And so I ended up um, applying for school, and, but I, I had given my application, I think, to the co counselors in my high school, but I never mailed in my applications. And so I think I ended up forgetting to apply to a whole chunk of universities I was supposed to apply to. And so last minute, I had to apply to all of the extra like universities that take late at late admissions from C the CUNY program. So the city university of New York, it's a public school system for college. So it's a little bit lower price and it's meant for residents. And out of those colleges I applied to, I got accepted to the college of Staten Island. Little did I know this college had an observatory, the only CUNY school that had an observatory. So similar to the high school story where I just happened to get into this one high school through a vocal audition didn't have the GPA to get in. And it happened to be the one high school that had a planetarium. So pretty funny how that ended up being the same story. And of course, I right away was eager to jump into an astronomy class. Um, I waited till second semester to join astronomy. And during that time, I ended up uh, actually breaking my hand from playing football in the snow with a bunch of my friends. And uh, because of it, I needed surgery and I had to miss two to three weeks of school. And because of that, um, as you can imagine, your grades will start to suffer from missing that much school. And so I ended up, um, and I was really bummed because this was my first semester taking astronomy. It was with Dr. Charles Liu, who I already knew about. I had one of his books, heard him on Star Talk, um, and I still consider him to be my mentor today. Um, just absolutely incredible human being, an astronomer. And um, I ended up having to do like a bunch of extra credit. So going to the Hayden Planetarium and writing up a, a story on what, what my experience was like and uh, a bunch of tasks I had to do at the museum as well. And like going to um, finding where the brown dwarf is and, and explaining what that is and going to the different like galaxy. It's really cool. If anyone hasn't been to the Hayden Planetarium in New York, you for sure should go sometime. It's such a great experience. Um, and then uh, what ended up happening was because of this assignment, my professor asked me like, hey, like, are you really, you seem really passionate about this stuff. You seem to really be interested in astronomy. Told him all about like the Hubble telescope book, my high school, how much I always wanted to do this, but my math is terrible. So I became a political science major. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure his immediate response was, oh, uh, yeah, let's let's change that. Um, you're going to be a physics major. Um, you know, <laughs> just like so confident, so so confident. Um, and I was just like, hey, uh, I'm in remedial algebra right now in college. I haven't even taken calculus like in high school, like nothing like that. And um, and he ended up saying he's like, that's okay. He's like, we're going to you know find some tutors on campus. They have a ton of different um, like organizations that can help with that. A ton of resources to get tutors and programs. And so I right away start getting tutored and uh, jump into becoming a physics major, I'll take all the prerequisites. And by that summer, um, he offers me an internship and he says, would you like to come do research uh, under my mentorship at the Hayden Planetarium? And he's like, I have uh, grant money from NASA. So you would be getting funding from NASA. And I was like, 
wait, wait a second. Hold on. Like, I, I, I just thought like, man, I have so much going on this summer. I just took up a part-time job and, um, there was just like, like so many other things that were going on that summer. It was like right when I started getting into modeling and I just thought like, oh, but I really want to do this. I'm going to just make it happen and I'm going to do all of it. Um, and at the same time, I was taking an accelerated calculus class because now this was the following semester and I wanted to just get all my prerequisites in so that I could jump into the major. And what ended up happening was I went ahead and did uh, the, the, the research program. So I got to join a bunch of other amazing students Um all of them were actually from the research experience for undergraduates, which is something known as the REU program. Really good program if you ever want to do research as an undergraduate. Just keep that in mind. And um, it was so cool because I felt like, wow, I'm here. I'm like with, you know, all these incredible students who applied out of thousands of people who have applied. And then I just thought like, wait, what am I even doing here? Like all these students have competed with like hundreds of other students to get here. I mean, they were coming from top universities like Carnegie Mellon and um, NYU and just like all. And I'm like, I'm here from the College of Staten Island. Like, I don't know if, you know, this is really, uh, you know, for me, maybe I'm this, I don't know. I just was feeling like I just like didn't belong at first, but everyone was so welcoming and so amazing that I, I just right away started to fit in with everyone. And it felt incredible. It felt like I was in a place where everyone was motivated to make the biggest discoveries in our universe. Um, it was just such a, such a great experience. Um, and then that continued for two more years. Uh, ended up doing another program called CSERP, which is uh, another CUNY program. And I was able to, that's when I started doing research on low mass stars and brown dwarfs. Uh, the previous year I was doing research on protoplanetary disks. can get into that in the future. But um, yeah, that's, that's about the chunk of how I got into um, this field, how I got interested and um, how I ended up pursuing it. The, the only thing is after doing a few years of research um, and Another cool thing I didn't mention was being able to meet Neil deGrasse Tyson for the first time uh, in which he started to advise me for a couple of weeks. He was filming Cosmos and the way I met him was uh, not the day he actually came in to meet all the students because I happened to be running out of casting that day, trying to balance these two, two careers. Um, but when I was sitting on, the, if you come through the elevators in the research facility on the research lab, there's a couch right there. And I had just gotten scouted for America's Next Top Model and was pursuing, you know, my research was getting all set up. You know, my mentor is helping me set up everything for what my trajectory would look like to go to Columbia University, get my PhD. I mean, it was all like aligned. Um, but then I was like, oh, I just got scouted for the show and I made it to like the top 12 and they want it. They want a contract for me. What should I do? I'd have to like leave school. And just in that moment that I'm like kind of having like a mental breakdown or like no one's around, you know, everyone's in their, in their rooms in front of their computers doing work, the elevator doors open and there's Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, and I'm just like, oh man, like not now. I'm so stressed out. Uh, but he comes over, says hello. And, and he's like, oh, so like I haven't had a chance to, to meet you. He was, his office was down the hall. Um, and I'm like, yeah, like, hello, I'm, Athena. I'm technically not one of the REU students. I'm, I'm uh, part of the CUNY program. And I was like, but my mentor is Dr. Charles Liu. And he's like, oh, Chuck, yes. Like, you know, you knew him already. And 
I'm reaching a point where I think, okay, he's going to just head out, go to, go to his office and, you know, like continue about amongst his business. But then he, he sits down, he's like, so tell me about what your research is. And so uh, I'm just like over here trying to like pull back like the tears from what I was just like feeling, you know, at a major crossroads in my life. Um, so I start trying to talk about protoplanetary disks and low mass stars and brown dwarfs. And then I just like stop in the middle of it. I'm like, look, Neil, I was like, I can't really want to think about this right now. I want to talk about it. I said, I don't know what, what exactly I want to do with my life right now. I'm caught between, you know, pursuing a modeling career and wanting to do my research, but I've also been, you know, still doing my, my dance training and I really want to perform that. I want to become a rockette. And I was like, I don't know what I want to do. I have all these different things. And all he says, he says, he's like, ah, he's like, I see. He's like, come into my office. And so we sit down, we start talking, doesn't even turn around, grabs a book off the shelf over his shoulder and hands it to me. And it's Death by Black Hole in one of his books. And he's like, I want you to read through this for the next couple of weeks. Um, you, could, you could keep the book. And he goes, um, read through it and approach the book rather than just a physics book, an astronomy book, which it is, of course, approach it as if it's, you know, your life and you're looking at it as a timeline. And each of these chapters you go through in the book is a whole new chunk on that timeline. And so your, 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 your life is going to be following this very similar series and treat it in that way. Um, and he's like, and then, and then come back to me. I'll be here filming Cosmos and, and talk to me about it. And he was hosting a few of the wine and cheeses, which is when all the different labs, the biology and the chemistry and the paleontology all come together. And on Fridays, every now and then would have wine and cheese. And so he was hosting one of them and I remember talking to him about it. And that's when I learned that he also was a competitive dancer as well as captain of his wrestling team and pursuing astrophysics all at once. Um, and I remember saying like, I think, I think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to pursue, pursue modeling. And, and, and then what's going to happen is like, if anything, school is here. If that doesn't work out for, you know, a semester, I gave myself a time frame ran it like a science experiment doing the scientific method approach it with you know your time frame if this happens afterwards then i do that if the, the other thing happens then i go that way basically if after the semester is over i run the trial period if it is going great i pursue the career for a while the modeling career and if it doesn't go well then and i don't sign to an agency then what i'm just going to do is go back to school and continue to get my degree well, what ended up happening was I turned down doing the show, America's Next Top Model, and then um, I ended up applying for a ton of shows for New York Fashion Week, which we were just approaching, um, and I ended up getting one of them. And then at the show, I got scouted uh, for an agency, and I ended up signing then with two different agencies in that first show. And then that following um, October, I was sent overseas to Chile for a modeling contract, and so that basically that instant sort of like path that happened so quickly was enough for me to say, OK, this is something I should probably pursue for a while and then go back to my studies in the future. And it ended up being a 10 year journey. And here I am uh, re-enrolling in school, do, continuing my schooling online um, and then waiting for that opportunity to, to pursue research again professionally. Um, but in the meantime, looking to do citizen science in my own backyard with my telescope. And um, that's that's where I'm at. 
So that, that's my story. I'm sorry that was so long. Um, I hope hope your ear earwax isn't too warm. Uh, that's so gross. <laughs> that's what my dad used to say. Um, so <laughs> we were talking on the phone for a long time. But I hope that, uh, yeah, that, that, that was kind of interesting for, for you to hear. Uh, I'm going to do one more music break. And then if you'd like to come on and share your story, um, I, I'd love to hear that. And here is some music. All right, I'm going to start to lower the music there. Um, so if anyone would like to come on to share your story, now is your opportunity. You can press the call-in button below. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if not, then I will give us a little bit of time. And it looks like Mario is up next. All right. Hello, Mario. What's your story? Hello. Hi. So... Um, you know, I let, let me just start by saying I really love the story you told. It was great storytelling. I felt emotion through it, like it was just a, it's a very beautiful oh. story. Yeah. So oh, I, I think you might. I did. It. I did. Yeah. I did. Sorry. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, I'd love to hear your story. So um, I I've shared my story somewhat here before. You know, being in the third grade. You know, and so the, the TLDR is uh, I was in the third grade. And, you know, at this point, I was I had an interest in learning. I was getting good grades. But I didn't really have like a like a passion, a fervent passion for something that yeah. was until I got to third grade. And the teacher would take us to the school library once a week. And then the next week, we would return the previous, the, the one checked out the previous time and then check out a new one. So mm -hmm. I just, you know, out of the random start, I just picked out a book from the astronomy section and it was a book on Mars, but the first page just was about the contract of how you're on Earth, but that Earth's per our source and part of the Milky Way, part of the local group, and it just expands. The whole point was to expand your view of the universe, and it did. It did. Like, just that one page was enough. And I just, that epiphany, like, when you talked about that epiphany of the vastness, and I just felt the desire to, to know, because we are yeah. so small. Like, it's amazing that we know the things that we know. We are so small compared to the scale of the universe, yet we are able to study it and know it and know information about it. I just find that amazing. And in the third grade, um, like that, like, even though I didn't know, I've, I, that knowledge existed. And, you know, and maybe it didn't, you know, there's some unanswered questions, but I just felt the need to just know. That's how yeah. yeah. Wow. I love that it was a Mars book. I really do. Um, was that your first time yeah. learning about another planet? My, the first time I learned about another planet and actually, you know, cared about it. I would say that. Wow. I, it's probably brought up somewhere. Yeah. I, you know, I don't even remember when I first learned about other planets. Um, I, I, I guess it was sometime in elementary school. We might have had like a solar system project, but I, I don't really remember. So I love that. Um, yeah, you have this this memory of going and just choosing a book in the astronomy section. 
Um, that is so awesome. Uh, what, what about now? Are you pursuing, I think you're pursuing your studies, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, I mentioned pre- in the, in the, in the podcast, we were talking about the, uh, the, uh, I believe it was the immediate shower. I was talking about immediate shower, and I mentioned how yeah. it's it's worth it. You know, if you if you really truly do that, if you really don't have anything else to do, and you can put it on hold, it's worth it to look at these things because it gives you a cosmic, a cosmic perspective. And I believe I mentioned something about you know remaining loyal to yourself, and I want to get into that because I just said that, and it really has to do with like how I got into into all stuff space. Mm-hmm. So. Right now, I'm pursuing my studies, but I'm actually going back to school as well. I'm actually a college dropout. Yeah. So, um, um, so I, I think about about that moment of the rate and just establishes why I do the things I want to do, that I want to do. I, I think about that moment a lot, what I felt during that time. And I just wanted to know, because I was just so curious. But yeah. I started to I started to move on to my studies. I'll get burned out, I'll get tired. I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And during um during a break, I got a chance to go to uh Sequoia Park. Oh and, wow. And that place has no light pollution. Like we were in the cabin, but there was like space you could like leave the cabin and like just go to a place with no light pollution to see the stars. Uh-huh. And I felt the same way that I felt in the third grade. And I, I felt that cognitive perspective and I felt this insane curiosity. And it made me realize I lost that. I haven't thought about the one anymore. I, I forgot about it. And, you know, so that made me realize that where I, where I was at in life right now, it wasn't the place that I needed to be. So that's why I left school. It was just not the, that's, the school wasn't the right environment for me. Wow. And you know, and now that it's, it's been, I've been in um, community college for about a year. I've, it's truly been online. I don't start in person till next semester. Mm-hmm. And I could say that was the best decision I made. It's really, it was really a good decision. It was drastic at the time and I didn't like it, but it was the right decision. And it was because of the construct that I had that I was able to make the right decision. That's so good. That's, that's oh, you know, and that's why it's so important for us to not get so caught up in like, you know, maybe the type of university or the name of the university you go to, because there's so many out there that you can always change and go to another one. Um, you can choose that maybe it's not the right time, not the right place, not the right professor. And that can happen. Um, because like knowledge is so valuable and our education is so important. And so we should treat it just as importantly. And I think that we should actually be kind of the ones interviewing the colleges and not them interviewing us or well, both, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. You we're know, the there's stuff. Yeah. 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 I remember like, um, I remember, um, I did take a college tour. Yeah. And they and they were all, you know, it's a good college. So they're all smiles. They say, oh, this place is great. You know, they take you in a, they make sure they take you when it's sunny and they present all, all of these great things. And I remember thinking, like once I when, once I left, I remember thinking, damn, if I was a, a college tour, I would be the exact opposite of that. I would be very, very honest. Because yeah. I mean like you kinda have to. I mean, like this person's about to commit for like something very powerful and yeah. Just, because I remember you were, you were talking about how you had you had like an astronomy professor who was like really mean to students that they were like leave the class crying. 
Yeah, that was and in I mean, high school. Yeah. Yeah, in high school. Yeah, and kids are even younger and more malleable at that time. It's, you know, it's so important to yeah. have, like, you know, just passion, like, understanding and patience. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've, I felt that. Like, I've been that student, the one that leaves the classroom crying. I've been that student. And oh, I, my gosh. Uh, it's not a genius. So, you know, and you were talking about, you know, Dr. Charles, you it's just, well, you just got to find the right environment. And that's, you know, that's how I felt. You know, I felt, oh, well, I wasn't in the right environment for me. So I just got to look for it. And yeah, and now I'm to the right environment. First of all, are very friendly. They're helping me. Yeah, I, I love it. Wow. Mario, that is such such a great story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, and you, you always have so much insight and amazingness to share, um, especially to the philosophical and emotional perspective. So thank you for that. Well, thank you very much. That compliments a lot. Yeah, of yeah. course. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, we are um, all out of time. Um, I've got to sign off. I'm actually might be going and getting adopting a kitten today. So I will let you all know um, if, if that happens. But thank you all so much. Um, I hope that you have a great rest of your Friday and a wonderful weekend. And until next time, add Astra.